0: Hi, my name is Tracy Coral, and welcome to Indispensable People. I'm a wife, mom, teacher, pastor, and missionary, and I believe that every person should have the opportunity to know Christ, grow in Him, and serve Him with the gifts that He has given, no matter their ability. Over 65 million Americans have a disability. That's 25% of the population. However, over 80% of them are not inside the walls of our church. Let's dive into those hard topics, biblical foundations, perceptions, and world-changing ideas. Hi, and welcome. Today, we're going to talk about maybe a controversial topic, or at least it might sound like it, things pastors say. Those of you who might like a little bit of a juicy topic— You might be a little bit disappointed, but I'll let you make that decision. So first, let's put the disclaimer on that no person really sets out to alienate or hurt or harm other people, right? Most of the time when we say something or have an awkward interaction or just fumble over our words, put our full foot in our mouth, it's really because either we were trying to be overly cautious or we just didn't even know what we were talking about. So today we're going to share with you some of those encounters that we've had personally I will share with you to start with one of the first churches that my husband and I visited when we began um, working in this ministry is a pastor who um, we had great conversation with were able to share about the ministry and then uh after we spoke on a Sunday morning in their church and shared the the mission and vision. He then came and asked more questions, followed up with more more um, conversation and said, wow, I just never considered this. Now, you could take offense to that. You could think, are you kidding me? Look at the statistics. There are so many people with disabilities out there. You're telling me that you've never run across anyone with a disability, whether it's in your family, in your friends, in your church, however, and we can make all of those questions, but it just wasn't something that had been brought to his attention before. And really, what I could be is grateful that he was Taking the time to ask more questions, to follow up, to find out what we were doing and how we were doing it and what it might look like inside his church. That's fantastic. And you know what? In that moment, when the realization came, I could think that that was God's perfect timing that opened the door to his eyes and his heart for what his church could do or be for these people and this people group that is so underserved. Another encounter that I had at one point was a pastor who was asking about the particular ministry that we serve under, and um, we were so excited because we can share that it's been a foundation of over 40 years. And his response to that was, well, isn't that a pretty stagnant ministry? Now, I could have taken that to heart and gone, listen, we need to do more. We need to push harder. What else can we do to reach these churches and get out there and go, 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 right? And that's not wrong to work hard for what we believe in and to make sure that people with disabilities have a place to, to land, a place to serve, a place to grow, um, a place to be ministered to. But what I really took from that was... You know what? We have walked a long, hard road in this ministry, and those before us have come a long way. Years ago, people with disabilities were hidden. They were considered shameful. They were just pushed in the background and not included. And that was a huge percep- perception shift that we really had to fight against. And so I could have been offended. I could have looked at it like, wow, we need to do a better job. And not that we can't do a better job and do more for the cause, but really what we need to understand is the pendulum shift that the world has gone through, where before it was all about. How do we hide them away? How do we put them in their own space? How do we just pretend that they don't even exist? To a completely different world that now celebrates and um everyone that has a disability is out in the open and it's something that we don't hide. But here's the real problem. The world has done a job of making people with disabilities known and accepted and welcomed in the world. But the church is still behind. When we look at those statistics and see that 65 million Americans, over 65 million Americans have a disability, but over 85 percent of them don't attend our church. The church is behind. The church really needs to look forward to what they can do and how they can reach this population of people that have been left out, hidden, and pushed behind. Another very interesting position that came from someone with inside the church. When we first began working in special needs ministry, I was looking to quit my uh, full-time teaching job. And someone said to me, well, do you really think it'll take that much time that you need to quit your job? And I wanted to do a hurry up inventory of the job tasks that I had to do. And I really questioned myself, okay, so is this really real to the extent that I need to quit my job, that I need to move on, that I need to do more than I thought that I was doing? And am I taking the easy road out? Like what, I don't take everything that every person says to heart, but I do consider The thoughts and the process behind what they're saying, not because I'm going to make changes that will equal their suggestion, but because I really need to check myself. God puts people in places for a reason and helps us to um, figure that out. So now at this point, I look ahead and I'm eight years later and I go, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time in the day to do all the things that I wish that I could do for disability ministry. There are emails and phone calls and Zoom calls and videos and messages and podcast making and um, programs and trainings and all kinds of things that we're working on on a regular basis to train, equip, help, encourage whatever we can do so that people can um, build this in their churches, not so that they can have another program, but so that they can have a community that says, we welcome you, we love you, and we value you. So, you know, that's just some things on a personal level that I've experienced with pastors. Now, here's the thing. Again, we go back to none of them meant harm. None of them had intended to hurt anything that we were doing. They were just questions, and they're okay to ask those questions. But here's the flip side. I get questions as um, I'm working in ministry, but what about our families and individuals that are impacted by disabilities? The things pastors say to them Really impact a lot. So I'll start with probably one of the hardest, most difficult things, which is um the occurrence that people have when they have a disability or they have a family member or friend with a disability where pastors will say, We need to get you healed, or you need to have more faith, or let's believe in a healing for you. Now Again, is that wrong? Absolutely not. We serve a God who heals and can do it in a snap of a finger, a blink of an eye, and nothing is beyond his ability to do that. So I don't question that at all. However, that is not our only concern, right? Um, Someone who could be healed isn't saved and their eternity is still not decided, And so, or is decided based on their not choosing to follow Jesus. So, what's more important, salvation or healing? Well, I would beg to say it's certainly, certainly their salvation. And so, it's really not an if or or, it can be both. But I believe I've told uh, the story of a friend who I met a few years ago, and she shared that many times in her community of people who have the same disability that she does, question her and say, "Um, if you, if your God is real, then why won't he heal you? And she so eloquently explains to them that God will someday, whether it's here on the earth or whenever she goes to heaven, but God has a story for her life, and she's going to let him tell it. So there's a lot of beneficial things that can come from a conversation like that, and an explanation for that. Listen, there is nothing wrong with healing or the belief of healing, but it's also having faith in a God who knows what he's doing, that he is sovereign, and that he is Aligning up. He's ordained the days. Everything is in his hand. And we can believe for healing, but we can also know that our God has a story to tell. Another example of that is um his name is Nick Vajuvic. He's a huge um motivational speech speaker. He was born without arms and legs. And I remember coming across one of the things about him. I don't know if it was a video or something I had read where he said, "Um, I believe in healing. I keep a pair of shoes in my closet. And um, it seems kind of funny. But at the same sense, he's going, God, I have faith and I know you can do this. But right now, this is where I'm at. And I'm going to serve you in whatever capacity or whatever body parts you've given me. So another thing that I've come across where I have heard people say or send other people with disabilities to another church down the road. Um, maybe they're bigger. Maybe they have a better volunteer base or their facilities are different. And so they will send families away. But here's a couple problems. Number one, will that family ever go back or try again? Number two, maybe God brought them there for a specific time and a purpose in that in the life of that church, in the life of that family. And three, here's a big myth. All of the bells and whistles that you can offer in a special needs program will never, ever trump the relationships and people that that are a part of it. So let me give you an example. A few years ago, I came across a blog post and I read, it was about a pastor who had worked at a church and um, their son or daughter had a disability. Now, with that, they attended the church that had all the bells and whistles, right? However, that pastor said that they just didn't feel welcomed. They didn't feel wanted. They felt like they were a burden to that church. And so she went on to explain that they chose to leave that church and they went to another church, a smaller church. And um, at that smaller church, she said there would be an older lady who would come and sit with her son or daughter while she went to do other things in serving. And she said, you know, other little things like that. And she said, everything, everything changed because they were wanted, they were valued, and um, they were loved. Now, they didn't have the bells and whistles. They didn't have all the fancy things. They weren't able to um, have maybe have a sentry room. They didn't have a buddy program or any specifics that would make life seem to be easier. But what did change everything was the love, was the value, was the welcome that that church gave to that family, reminding us that the big building And the bows and bells and whistles that could bring the shiny things to draw us to didn't make the decision or the difference for that family. And I would say that that is really across the board. If you walk into any building or anything that is all beautiful and wonderful and exciting to see and to take part on, but you don't feel like you should be there, it's gonna. That, that trumps everything. That changes everything. So to the small church that says, I don't have a program. I don't have the rooms. I don't have the people. That doesn't mean you can't serve and love the one that walked through the door or wheeled through the door. Any of those kinds of things. Those are opportunities that God has brought us to. And we are all part of the body of Christ. We all fit like pieces of the puzzle because God had ordained that for us and we have the opportunity to be available and open to serve whoever God brings through those doors. Another comment or maybe even seemingly an encouragement that other people will make towards individuals with disabilities or their families, and they'll say, you handle that so well. I couldn't handle that as good as you do. Now, listen, that is said with the sweetest, kindest thoughts, um, encouragement. It's the person who's saying it is trying to say, look how strong you are. You are incredible. You have um, stepped outside of the difficulty that you're in and you're moving through it and forward. And they're saying good things, right? It's not meant to be a downplay or a hurt or anything like that. It really isn't. But what it is saying is, I see your disability. It's evident to me. I don't want to be like you. And I'm really glad I'm not. That's what it sounds like to the person who has a disability. It's not meant that way. It is supposed to be like, you're strong. You are handling things great. But that person with a disability is saying, listen, I didn't have a choice. OK, this is kind of the life that I was given. And so I have to deal with it. I have to walk through it. This is just what it is. So it's kind of a difficult um, statement to respond to <laughs> when someone says to you, uh, you handle that so good. I'm so glad that I don't have a disability because I couldn't do that. What do you, what do you say? Um, thank you. I, I don't know how you fix that or say it properly. There's just not any just right ways to handle it. But I think that any kind of thing that you would say to someone is like, I see you, you're doing fantastic. Is there anything I can do for you? Um, You can point out positive things in their personality, like, you know what? You're always wearing a smile on your face. I see you. I Anything like that that really kind of pushes through, it doesn't have to be disability based. Listen, there are people that you're going to walk around and you are not going to see their disability, or maybe they don't have a disability, but they're carrying a heavy weight. How do you encourage them? How do you walk through that with them? Do you say, well, I'm so glad that I'm not dealing with that depression you're dealing with. No, you don't say things like that. You could say, you're strong. I see the evidence of faith in your life. I see how God is working through you. There are all kinds of things that we could encourage one another with. So let's remember in all of those conversations and any interaction that you come across, people that you meet for the first time or those you've known for a long time, no one is always going to say the right thing. And it is okay to have a conversation about what someone just said. Some things you're going to have to let roll right off your back, some things you're going to have to address that's just life. Honestly, that's any situation that you come into. It just happens. And so you figure out how do you do that and be able to make sure that the gospel is accessible. Jesus can still be known, right? Because the more we share the love of Jesus through conversations, the more both sides of the conversation grow. So we can be angry, we can be mad, we can say, oh, they're so ignorant, they had terrible motives, but really we need to remember that most people are not out to hurt anyone else. If anything, they're trying to be overly cautious and encouraging and just happen to say the wrong thing at the wrong time. So building conversations, growing together, loving one another despite our faults is exactly what conversations with anyone should be. Do I know everything about disability ministry? Do I have all the answers? Have I done everything perfectly? I have absolutely not. But we are going to continue this conversation so that people of all abilities, can have the opportunity to know Christ, grow in Him, and serve Him with the gifts that He has given them. Join us next time as we discuss the structure of a special needs or disability ministry.